The Bipolar Bear podcast can now be found on Patreon. So if you would like to visit us there and select a tier to either support the podcast or to frankly support me as I struggle with the financial and other fallout from my mental illness issues, I would really appreciate any support that you would be willing to give. So again, the BPB podcast, the Bipolar Bear podcast, is on Patreon. Please look for the link in the podcast description, and I would love to see some contributions very soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Bipolar Bear podcast. Today, what I would really like to do is delve a little bit more into the background of how I was diagnosed. Basically, continue the story that I was telling in the first episode in a lot of ways. And so I'm going to do that here in just one second. And if you have any questions or want to contribute your own experience, I will mention about how to do that at the end of the podcast. So the big thing that I would like to talk about this episode is the absolute peculiarity, if that's the word I want to use, of my journey to get diagnosed. I honestly don't know a lot of people with bipolar and other mental illnesses to know if they have similar experiences, but I went through every doctor, every combination of doctors, things such as my family practice physician, even two or three neurologists. To be very honest, I lost most of my savings paying neurologists who were trying to figure out what was quote-unquote wrong with me. At one point, they thought I had multiple sclerosis. They thought I had lupus. They were looking for very body-oriented things to try to diagnose me with because in their world, for whatever reason, it wasn't really possible to consider that the mind could be the bandit or the culprit in what was going on. They were always looking for physical causes no matter what. And I think that really worked to my detriment because of the two and a half years or so that I have been dealing with this, or at least dealing with it where it's come to a head. The first year of that was being bounced around to doctors of various stripes who were running all of these very expensive tests. One of them even wanted to do a spinal tap, and yet... They weren't doing it because it was leading them to a diagnosis. They were just doing tests to rule out all of these things that they imagined this might be. And that was very stressful because in one way, every test that you get back negative is like saying, great, I don't have multiple sclerosis or lupus or name whatever rare and random disease they were looking for. At the same time, every instance in which they say, we don't find a positive result for you on that test, means that you still don't know what is wrong, 
and you're still faced with having to pay more money and take more time and more resources to put toward a mysterious diagnosis. The way that I actually really got set as straight as I am today, and I may have mentioned this during the first episode, but it's worth revisiting for a second at any rate, I was fortunate that I had an emergency room doctor during one of my visits for pseudo-seizures surmise that because they were not epileptic seizures, that maybe there was a mental health component to them and treated them with Xanax as opposed to other methods that you would use for legitimately epileptic people. And... He actually mentioned something called conversion disorder, which is one of the reasons that, fascinated by what he said and and the research that I and my then-girlfriend did, mostly her, to be very honest, that was how she tracked down the information and basically matched me with my therapist. And really that was on the setup that Maybe one of the things that could be done for conversion disorder was EMDR therapy. I have not ended up doing that with either of my two. I currently have two therapists. Maybe we will in time. I I can't answer that. My future with uh, my ability to make plans is very nebulous right now because I have more bad days than I have good. But EMDR was actually how, the, the reason, I guess you could say, we, we sought out the particular person we did. And she has been wonderful. So has my other therapist. They both serve different functions. One, the, the one who has been with me the longest, is much more trauma-oriented. And the other is much more, as I like to say, putting out fires. So here we're going to take just a couple of seconds of a break and then come back and continue this discussion. Please remember that you can find the Bipolar Bear podcast on Twitter at BPB Podcast. That's Bipolar Bear Podcast at BPB Podcast. I hope to hear from some of you soon with topic suggestions, suggestions of how to make the podcast better, or to talk about anything bipolar or mental health related. We are back with the Bipolar Bear podcast. I say we, but it's just me. I am Jivery Ohm. I am the creator and the at this point, only producer of content for the podcast. We're only in our second episode, so I hope that things pick up as we get subscribers and do all of that. Before we go any further, I just want to hopefully make clear that the reason that this first episode and a half has been about me is because my journey is what inspired me to try to take on the responsibility of a podcast. 
It doesn't mean that my story is the only one that's important, that the treatments that work for me are the only ones that are right or relevant to the discussion. It's just where I'm starting because I know myself best. While we are only in our second episode, I really hope to be able to introduce resources and turn everyone on to things that I think are interesting and have you all do the same in return. In essence, I would like to build a community, not just me telling my story. To that end, the first two items that I am going to offer are two of my favorite resources, one of which is BP Hope Magazine. They can be found at www.bphope.com. I am a constant reader of their Facebook feed. I am a subscriber to their magazine, and I cannot speak highly enough of how much it helps me. Even, I'm bipolar too, but even with people that are bipolar one, a lot of the articles are very relevant, or there's a good amount of things I can pick out of it that will help me along. Someone who is a contributor to BP Hope magazine and many other avenues of expressing herself as a a bipolar one person is an author by the name of Julie Fast. That's J-U-L-I-E, last name F-A-S-T. I have been delving into her books and really enjoying them. They're really proving useful to help me come to terms with my diagnosis. And I will put links to a couple of her books as well that you can purchase on Amazon or other reputable places if you choose. I have set up an Amazon link where if you do buy the books through that link, then the Bipolar Bear podcast gets a little bit of money to keep producing and expand the content from just being me talking about myself to having subscribers and interactions and people engaging heavily with me and us. And as I said, I'm really interested in discovering a community and not replacing anything that's already out there, but using my experience to hopefully help people. Because if just one person hears this, and I can help them or change their life in the way that Julie or BP Hope magazine have helped me, then boy, you know it's been worth it. So that is all for the second episode. I am going to work on a third episode soon with more formal content, but up until then, this is Jive Riom, the Bipolar Bear, signing off from the second episode of the Bipolar Bear podcast. See everyone next time, and please contribute to our Patreon, and please say hello on Twitter, follow us, interact. I always love to chat with people about frankly, my mental illness and what's going on, because there is no stigma, there is no shame. In the same way that people have asthma or diabetes, this is just another thing I've got that I'm working on. So thank you very much, and see you next time.
This podcast and all its contents are copyright 2019, Jivery Ohm Publishing.